0: You are Behind the Curtain,
1: powered by La Prenza. To read more, go to LaPrenzaSD.com.
2: Welcome to another episode of Behind the Curtain. My name is Art Castaneris. I'm the publisher of La Prensa San Diego newspaper. And my guest host today is Barbara Bree, former member of the San Diego City Council. And today, Barbara and I are going to go behind the curtain on Measure C, a proposed hotel room tax increase that was on the ballot in March of 2000 that didn't get the two thirds vote that was necessary. But just the other day, the city council is now moving forward and saying that a majority vote, 50 plus one is enough to make the measure stay. So joining us today, we'll have a special guest. Barbara, what do you think about this Measure C?
1: Well, you know, Measure C uh, was part of a torturous effort uh, by the hotel industry and other business interests to expand the convention center. And I, when I was on the city council, we started down sort of the normal route, which is you put something on the ballot. The city council has public hearings, it gets public input, it puts something on the ballot to increase the hotel tax, and that clearly requires two-thirds of the voters uh, to approve it. And we were headed down that path. And then in 2018, Um, a ballot measure passed in the city of San Francisco. And on that ballot measure, it said only 50% plus one voters had to approve the tax measure for it to become uh, the law. And that was taken to court. And uh, the court said, if it's a citizen's initiative, that's okay. So there are two ways to put something on the ballot. One is a legislative body like the San Diego City Council, puts it on the ballot. The second way is a group of citizens go out and collect signatures, uh, and they have to get a certain number of signatures to put something on the ballot. And after the 2018 uh, 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 issue in San Francisco and the courts upholding it, uh, both the Chamber of Commerce and the Building Trades, who were behind Measure C in San Diego, decided to go the citizens uh, initiative route. They went out and collected signatures. That's a story in itself about how long that took and how badly it went at moments in time. And uh, But yeah, you know, they did get something on the ballot. It did pass. But what happened is when they put it on the ballot, they actually told the voters that it needed two thirds. Right. They, they didn't say 50% plus one.
2: Right. And the entire campaign was that way, right? We, we've gone yeah. back and we looked at the literature that was used to inform the voters, the ballot statement, everything said two thirds. Right. And so now a year yeah. later, maybe not.
1: Our guest today is Andrea Guerrero, the executive director of Alliance San Diego, a community empowerment organization. Andrea, could you tell us what action the San Diego City Council took last week?
0: Last week, the city council changed the election results overriding the voters from the March 2020 election. We are gravely concerned about this as an abuse of power. Nothing in the, uh, the law gives the city council the authority to change the rules of an election after the election has been passed. And this is really a defining moment for San Diego and the voters and whether we are going to let this stand or not.
1: So the city council voted to go to court to get clarity on whether Measure C actually passed. Is that the essence of what they did?
0: Well, they did two things. They, first they voted to declare Measure C as having passed with a different win threshold than what they had told the voters it needed back in March, 2020. So they moved the finish line long after the election was over. And then the second thing they did was uh, in closed session, they voted to, to go to the court with what they call a validation proceeding, which is a lawsuit uh, against all interested parties, which includes voters, in order to validate its actions so that it could have the confidence to go out into the bond market issue bonds that are attached to Measure C and to raise the taxes without the threat of of additional litigation. For us, this is not about the content of Measure C and it's not about whether the vote threshold um, should be two-thirds or 50 percent. That is an open question that is still being worked out by the courts. Um, Our issue is whether city council has the authority to change the rules of an election after the fact to get a different outcome. And as we understand the law, and as we understand the basic principles of fairness, that should not happen. And that's so, why we're taking a stance on this.
1: So what are you going to do? The city council passed this, they're going to go to court. what What's Alliance? What's the next step for Alliance San Diego?
0: Alliance San Diego is exploring all of our options, including legal options, in order to to stop this from happening. Uh, This will define the relationship between voters and city council. What's to stop city council from deciding it's going to change the election outcome on any other measure? I mean, we could go back all the way to the 1980s to find ballot measures that um, sit between that 50% and two thirds threshold that would potentially be open for a change in the outcome, right? we would have no issue with the proponents of this measure prospectively going to the voters and saying uh, that this measure uh, requires 50% and, um, and, and then you know, let the courts decide whether that's true or not, right? I think, that, again, that's still an open question, but what, what we take issue with is changing the rules after the game has been played.
2: This is exactly what we just wrote a story about in La Prensa is that we're not arguing for or against the the tax and and honestly because it's a hotel tax and we didn't really clarify that at the beginning what this tax is is an increase on the percentage of tax charged on hotel rooms within San Diego. So unless San Diego spend the night in a hotel in San Diego, none of us are really going to pay for it and the money is going towards it being able to expand and improve the convention center and also for um, for homelessness homelessness program. So we're not advocating that this is a bad tax or a good tax. It's that the process is you go to the public, you set a standard and you set an expectation. People vote based on that. And then a year later, based on some technicality on a constitutionality issue, the city council then chooses to change the rules. And that's what we're really exploring here is that, is it fair, forgetting if it's legal or not, is it really fair to voters to set an expectation It's sort of like the old uh, Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football, right? You pull the football out from the voters at the very last second, and because the city wants to skew the result to make it better. And I understand there are billions of dollars at stake here.
1: So we're here today on Zoom with Andrea Guerrero, uh, the executive director of Alliance San Diego, and Art Castaneris, the publisher of La Prensa. Um, Andrea, do you know of any other locality in California that has tried to do what the San Diego City Council did last week?
0: So the only court that has addressed the specific issue of whether a city council was lawful in changing the rules after the fact is the Oakland court. And the Oakland court ruled against the city and for the voters and said to change the rules after the fact would be a, a fraud on the voters. And uh, there are other cases that deal with the question of whether something should be two thirds or simple majority, but that's not the question that we face here in San Diego. The initial question that we face is whether city council had the authority in the first place to change the outcome of the election after the fact. And a court may very well never get to the second question about, whether citizens initiative this particular kind of citizens initiative only requires 50% or two-thirds. They may never get there if they can't get past that first question of whether city council had the legal authority to change the outcome in the first place. You know, in state law the the entity that certifies the election is not actually the city council. It's the city clerk. The city clerk did her duty. She certified the results and um, those results ha- remain the same. And those show that there, were a, there was a two-thirds requirement and the voters did not provide it. The only authority that city council has under state law is ministerial. It's to accept those results. But the certification of the results are not within their purview.
2: Yeah, you know what, what this really is like, and we go back to what happened in, in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. It's a lot like that, right? We had the election that Absolutely. was certified by the state officials in each state sent to Congress, which has always been kind of a, 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 a process of just accepting the results. And this time, people tried to change the outcome of the election. And we saw what happened with the right uh, the, uh, the insurrection that people call it, right? This is kind of what's happening here. There are two political things that also are, are questionable. One is whether or not this was truly a citizen's initiative. Two of the advocates were appointed members to the Convention Center Board, which is a very political group. Um, the the board is a quasi-governmental agency as a subset of the City of San Diego. And then the, there's the politics of issuing the bonds, right? There's an argument now that the proponents are saying that it can be passed constitutionally with 51 50.1%, but then the requirement of two-thirds is only that two-thirds of the council members vote to issue bonds because that's the second step, right? This this measure didn't automatically issue bonds. Now the city council is going to, have to issue bonds against the potential revenue.
1: Andre, I do remember when I was on the city council asking uh, the city attorney, "Doesn't our city charter require a two-thirds vote of the voters uh, to be able to issue bonds?" Uh, but you know, let's you know, we're going behind the curtain. So let's talk about who are the special interests that are pushing Measure C and want this new interpretation?
0: Right, so in Measure C is being put forward by the hoteliers. Uh, They have the most to gain here. And the the Chamber of Commerce, the Tourism Board, and the Labor Council, um, and a select smattering of other groups. But the primary movers and shakers on this are the Chamber of Commerce and the Labor Council.
1: So these are, you know, very, very powerful groups in San Diego, right? They put lots of money into political campaigns, right. into ballot measures, and six council members voted with on their side, and only three council members uh, didn't. So.
0: That, that's right, and you know, kudos to the three council members: Monica montgomery stepp Shawnee Lo Rivera, and Vivian Moreno, who voted with their their conviction. Voted courageously in the face of what I know was a lot of pressure to, to vote otherwise in order to respect the voters and, and honor the integrity of our elections. And that's what our democracy is built on. And we wish the other city council members had um, honored their duty to the constituencies that they serve, but they didn't. And that's unfortunate. So now on taxpayer dime, Voters' dime, our dime, yours and mine, the city has initiated litigation to sue, essentially, the voters in order to validate their actions to usurp power from the voters. Our position is clear. Voters decide the elections, not city council.
1: And how long do you think it will take to have this work its way through the legal process?
0: Honestly, it could take years right the initial validation proceeding could take months, but if the proponents of the measure don't get their way. I imagine that they will appeal and they'll keep going all the way to the Supreme Court, this is the kind of case that i'm sure the Supreme Court would love to take and I mean the California Supreme Court, they would love to take um, this issue of of election integrity and so it may very well go all the way up to the highest court in in the state
1: so you know what this seems ridiculous to me if you really want to build the convention center and that's a whole separate issue as to whether post-covid you should you should just go for a regular citizens initiative in 2022 and be clear with the voters about well you know and
2: that's another thing too barbara that that there's one other uh, political wrinkle that this was on the march 2020 ballot when people know that there's a lower turnout a lower voter turnout. So they purposely put it on a ballot where fewer people would show up to vote. They set a standard of two thirds and when they didn't get that, then they changed it. So it's really two strikes. And then remember a few years back, there was another tax that had been imposed for the exact same reason that instead of putting to the voters, they only had hotel owners vote. And that was ruled to be unconstitutional. So this whole issue of funding the the convention center has been tainted for a long time. It's been very controversial. And this is just the last last iteration. Again, I'm not arguing for or against the tax. We're arguing for a fair and transparent process.
1: Great. Andrea, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners? I think this is
0: an important moment for voters to and residents of the city to pay attention. You know, our country, our democracy was defined, is defined by our relationship to our elected officials, to our government, right? we have a balance of power between those who are governed and those who govern. When those who govern begin to take power away from those that they govern, we get into very dangerous territory. And so if we care about our democracy, if we care about principles of fairness, if we care about the integrity of elections, we, we must stand up now and keep city council from undertaking this power grab. And I'll just, if I could say one more thing, it's this, that we as a, as a community empowerment organization, a civic engagement organization, we spend a lot of time talking to thousands of voters every single election cycle about how much their vote matters in order to, to boost their participation, to motivate their participation, to inspire them to be a part of this democracy. It gets a lot harder for us to say your vote matters when the city council can override their decision with a simple vote. And so, you know, this matters, this decision that the council took will have consequences long after measure C is, um, is litigated. We must stand up for our democracy if we really care about fairness and, and election integrity.
1: So how can, uh, People get in touch with Alliance San Diego if they'd like to know more about what you're doing.
0: Right. If you're interested in joining our fight, go to alliancesd.org, follow us on Facebook. We have a petition going right now to communicate to city council that they should end this attempt at a power grab and they should recognize that voters make decisions at the the ballot, not, not the city council.
1: And then stay tuned for what comes next. Art, um, any
2: last question for Andrea? Andrea, I think that that was very well put. I think you're right, this yeah. is about the integrity. Uh, we're always trying to get people to register to vote and to vote yeah. and to use that the right to vote. And then when it's taken away by yeah. the politicians, then people start saying, it doesn't matter if I vote or not. It's the apathy that leads yeah. to that. So we appreciate your insight. Thank you so much for fighting for yeah. this. And uh, we appreciate your time today. And we'll be back in a minute to discuss uh, a wrap up with uh, me and Barbara. Stay tuned for some messages. If you want to find out more about this story and other stories, visit us online at LaPrensaSanDiego.com and on social media at sd. We'll be right back.
0: You are Behind the Curtain, powered by LaPrensa. To read more, go to LaPrensaSD.com. There's more to come after this quick break.
3: The COVID-19 vaccine was
0: tested on over 70,000 Americans, including a significant number of African Americans. Among them, doctors, bus drivers, first responders, cooks, nurses,
3: moms, dads, teachers, and preachers. The COVID vaccine can protect our community from the virus, especially those with underlying medical conditions. The only
0: question is, will you verify and trust?
3: listeners stay with me if you're listening if you can hear my voice you are obviously seeking quality content that is engaging enlightening and insightful otherwise you'd be out skiing playing golf or at the beach so if you're hearing this you are connected to ivn and they are the leaders in content and explication that's a that's a fancy word so i recommend that you sign up and subscribe to i'm there for you baby the Entrepreneurs Guide to the Galaxy. I, Neil Centuria, your faithful co-host along with my bride and partner, we will give you a quench of thirst for knowledge. How do you like that? And we're there for you. Along with ivn.org, you can find us wherever you get your podcast and remember the most famous line of all from Bernard Baruch, a pleasant old billionaire. He said, you can't go broke taking a profit.
0: You are Behind the Curtain,
2: powered by LaPrenza. To read more, go to LaPrenzaSD.com. Welcome back to Behind the Curtain. I'm Mark Castaneris, the publisher of La Prensa San Diego. My guest host today is Barbara Bree, former member of the San Diego City Council. Barbara, what do you think about this discussion about Measure C?
1: Well, I thought it was a very important conversation with Andrea, and we, of course, uh, we're on Zoom, so we also did kind of get her dog was involved in dog the uh, discussion. dog in the truck <laughs> and the cars coming by. <laughs>
3: That's
1: right. <laughs> but um, when I was on the city council, I was adamant about respecting uh, the vote, uh, that this did require a two-thirds vote. That's what we told the voters. And anything short of that, it didn't pass. Uh, I also had an instance way back when, when in the first iteration, uh, the proponents did not gather enough signatures uh, to put Measure C on the ballot. And they came to the city council at the last minute uh, and said, uh, this was in November, this would have been for the November 2018 ballot as it happened, it was on the March 2020 ballot in November. They asked, uh, I think it was August, 2018. They said, well, you know, we almost have enough signatures, but not quite, but please just put it on the ballot in uh, November, 2018. uh, We were on legislative recess. So we were called back for an emergency session, uh, but only eight of us could attend. One member of the council Uh, Chris Ward was somewhere in the middle of the South Pacific where there was no internet access. Another member, Mark Kersey actually called in from a city hall in Ohio Mm -hmm. and uh, it was a four, four vote. And I was on the side of, no, it doesn't go on the ballot. It didn't, it was a citizen's measure. You know, citizen's measure, you got to collect enough signatures. And I was uh, criticized heavily by the hotel industry by the San Diego Chamber of Commerce Uh, for my stance on that. But I've always thought it's very important to respect the will of the voters. Uh, And I applaud what Alliance San Diego is doing. A second question we can ask now is, and I voted for Measure C, so I'll be very transparent. I voted for Measure C. Once it got on the ballot in March of 2020, legitimately, I voted yes on it. Uh, But now we've had a worldwide pandemic. Uh, We've seen uh, business travel plummet. Uh, We've seen conventions basically dry up. They're going to come back, but I don't think they're going to come back at the level that they were. And I think it's a very bad use of taxpayer money to expand the convention center. I would support a citizens initiative in 2022 uh, that would uh, increase the hotel tax, but use that money for infrastructure uh, All in our city.
2: Yeah, but you know, and even before we get to whether or not it's a smart thing to do, and I agree with you, I think they should revisit what the trend lines are going to look like for conventions. But before you even get to what the tax is for and what what is going to be used for, is this is what creates the, the cynicism among voters, that politicians do whatever they want and they find ways to do, to get the outcome that they wanted in the first place. So I think what's hard about this, and if it gets into a lawsuit, I think they're going to look at whether this was really a citizen's initiative. Was it driven by the public's interest or by special interest? And so when you look at people who were advocates for it, uh, one of them is the COO of the Chamber of Commerce was on the board of the, the convention center. Uh, one is heavily involved in politics and union politics and is on the convention center board. And so when you get the city council who had tried to put it on the ballot, as you say in 2018, who is now funding the lawsuit at taxpayer uh, expense to keep this going, it really doesn't look like a citizen's initiative anymore. It looks like that was just put up as a a cover, but really this is a politics driven, government driven tax. And I think it's gonna be really hard for them to defend, but really at the end of the day, I've been advocating for voter uh, participation for 30 years. I've been involved in politics and this is what disgusts voters when they think they know what the deal is, and then politicians change it at the last minute. So I don't think this is the end of it. It's a very timely discussion, and we're probably gonna have to do part two later when we see what happens with this. But it was a great discussion. Uh, Barbara, thank you again for being my guest host today. I'm Mark Castaneris, the publisher of La Prensa San Diego. My guest host today was Barbara Bree, former member of the City Council of San Diego. And we thank Andrea Guerrero from Alliance San Diego for being our special guest today. If you want to find out more about this story and all the other stories we're following, please visit us online at laprensasd.com, on social media, laprensasd, and you can email us at info at Thank you for joining us again today, and we'll see you on the next episode of Behind the Curtain.
0: Thanks for listening to Behind the Curtain, powered by La Prensa, San Diego's original Latino newspaper. To learn more, visit laprensasd.com. Behind the Curtain is produced by J.C. Polk of IVN in San Diego.